Welcome to POP, the sermon podcast for Peace Lutheran Church in Gehenna, with Pastors Doug Warburton and Tony Katko. So let me set the stage for our reading today. We're doing this series called Arrive, and we've been focusing a little bit on the uh, areas of the story, and this, this week it moves to Jerusalem. And last week, Pastor Tony focused on the Gospel of Mark and John the Baptist. Today, we back up a little bit. We go to the Gospel of Luke, and we talk about John the Baptist's birth, in particular with his father, Zechariah. You probably have heard the story. Zechariah was a high priest, one of the high priests. A lot of historians say there were about 18,000 high priests uh, in that day. And so, Zechariah basically wins the lottery, and his, uh, they did, did this by lots, and he gets picked to do a once-in-a-lifetime thing if you're a priest, which is conduct the services inside the Holy of Holies. Big deal. So once-in-his-lifetime chance, and many high priests never got that chance. So he goes in, he's conducting services, he encounters an angel. The angel says to him, you will give birth to a prophet, His name will be John. He will tell everyone about the coming of one who is greater than him. And so uh, Zechariah questions this, and he becomes mute. How many of you have ever wished that one of your pastors became mute? (laughs) Can't talk for a while, and then finally his son is born. He takes his son. They argue about what to name him. They wanted to name him Zechariah after Zechariah, and Zechariah finally is allowed to talk, and he says, no, his name will be John. And so that, I was wondering if that was thunder, but I guess it's an airplane. Uh, Zechariah then has this prophecy. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has looked favorably on his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a mighty savior for us in the house of his servant David. And as he spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets from old, that we should, would be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Thus, he has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors and has remembered his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our ancestor Abraham to grant us that we are being rescued from the hands of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins, by the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Now the child grew and became strong in spirit And he was in the wilderness until the day he appeared publicly to Israel. So let me uh, start by asking you a question this morning. In this season where we visit, maybe some of you are visiting right now, visiting relatives, visiting friends. How many of you over the next couple weeks plan to be visitors at someone's house? Okay. How many of you will be hosting visitors at your house? Yeah, there's lots of visiting that goes on at this time of year, and 
And so I was thinking about this and, and what it takes to prepare for a visitor. My wife and I have this great arrangement when we, it's always the same thing when we know company's coming, I'm in charge of mopping the floors. I mop the floors and then I watch football and she does everything else. It works out perfectly for both of us. It is our arrangement of how we prepare for company. Now, it always helps. We just had company this past week. Uh, my wife's father and stepmom were in town for a couple days, a nice visit. But it helps to know who your visitors are, right? It helps to know so that you can prepare and plan and, and make the necessary arrangements. You don't want to be surprised by a visitor, as in the famous movie Christmas Vacation, when Clark's Cousin Eddie shows up. Do you remember that scene? Scene where, well, this one's a different scene. I won't say what he says there, but something's full. He and his dirty, ugly kids and wife show up in this ugly motorhome, and Clark's admiring his beautifully decorated home with the million lights, and all of a sudden, Eddie says, looks beautiful, Clark, and Clark goes, Eddie, <laughs> you want to know who's coming and who to prepare for. And sometimes whoever arrives at your door, it, the, the, the situation can change and, and it can be a good visit or a bad visit. Let me give you a, a hypothetical story that happened to someone you might know when that someone was in high school and recently got his driver's license, hypothetically. He took a girl that he was trying to impress out for a drive. Going too fast around a corner, lost control of the car. It did two donuts in the middle of the street, luckily not hitting anything by a minor miracle. Smoke from the tires rising up. And then after the smoke cleared, this hypothetical individual noticed that many of the neighbors were out writing down the license plate of a 1967 baby blue Volkswagen Beetle. <laughs> this kid dropped off the girl who was now not so impressed, went home, started to watch TV shaking like a leaf when 15 minutes later, the doorbell rang. Worthington police had arrived, sharing with my parents what had taken place. And, oh, did I say my parents? I meant my, <laughs> this person's parents. And this kid lost his license for a period of time. That was a bad visit. Now take that same kid. Kid loses a puppy. Sad to lose this puppy till the doorbell rang and a policeman was at the door having found the puppy. Good visit. See, same visitor, different situation. So why am I telling you all this? Because our story today talks about preparing for a visitor. It talks about a visitor that's coming. Now let me tell you what I mean here because it doesn't say this clearly in our English translation, but in the Greek translation, there is this word that Zechariah uses twice in his prophecy. It is episkeptomai. Go ahead, say it. Episkeptomai. And it means visitor. 
It means a visitor, and this is a, and here's where Greek is so wonderful in terms of how it can mean different things than English, and episkeptomai uh, means a, a grace-filled visitor. This is a visitor who's coming to the last and the lost and the afflicted and the hungry and the hurting. This is a visit that's coming with the purpose of helping. So twice in the passage that I just read, Zechariah, it says this. He says in verse 68, blessed be the Lord God of Israel for he has looked favorably on his people and redeemed them. It translates here looked favorably, but it's this word. It's visiting. He's coming to visit and look favorably. And then in verse 78, by the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us and break upon is episkestomai. It's a visit. It's, so think about what Zechariah is literally saying here. God is coming to visit you in the flesh. God is coming to visit you in this, in this season where we're doing so much visiting and we all know we're busy and we enjoy it, but we get wrapped up in the details of the season, and it's, it's, it's easy to miss the fact that what this season is all about is God came to visit us in the flesh. Now, we all know that God promises to be with us at all times, but sometimes at this time of year, if we think about God coming to visit us, it gives it a little bit deeper meaning. And so God knew something, God knew that we needed to be prepared for this visit. We needed to know that it was coming, and so God knew to send John, and John announces that he is here to prepare the way and wants you to prepare yourselves to get ready for this. So you can't just encounter God without some sort of preparation and understanding of what it entails. And so John's message is important. But let's be honest. We all too often would rather just skip John and get right to chapter two of Luke because that's where we're more comfortable. We like the angels and the, and, and the shepherds and the wise men and, and the, the nativity set all set up. We love these characters, precious moment figurines. We like that. We're... <laughs> yeah, I'll get to that in a second. We like that nativity set makeup of chapter two, and so we like to skip John, and I'll be honest, I'm not a big fan of, because uh, our prescribed readings around Christmas always include John the Baptist. And can I tell you a secret? Yeah. Is Tony in here? Oh, he's over there. I'll tell you guys. As lead pastor, I get to assign who's preaching when. <laughs> and I always like to assign Tony John the Baptist Sunday. <laughs> but this year it happened twice. He talked some about it last week, and so I have to talk about it this week. But we, we want to skip over John the Baptist, but, let's, but, but when we stop and look at how important John is, even in comparison to the Christmas story, four Gospels talk about John, all four. Only two tell of the birth of Jesus. So in that regard, 50% more gospel writers thought John the Baptist was a big 
deal. And I think we should too. And so this year I'm gonna advocate that we, I've done this before, you just saw the slide. Go ahead and put Herod up. In the past, I've argued that we need more characters in the nativity set, including Herod, because Herod's an important part of the birth story. It is Herod that Jesus came to show that he was the opposite of what a ruler like that looks like. And so Herod needs to be in there. So this year, I'm advocating that we got to include John the Baptist in the nativity set. Happy Advent, you brood of vipers. It's important, though, because otherwise we just tell a story that we're not ready for. John the Baptist came to prepare us. And the same is true today. You can't encounter the Messiah unless, unless there's some sense of openness, some sort of, I'm ready. I, that's the word that kept coming to my mind this week as I'm thinking, what does it mean to prepare? I think it means having a sense of openness. If we're gonna encounter the one who comes with a bag of mustard seeds looking for a place to sow it, then we need someone to dive into the dirt of our hearts and open it up so that the soil is ready. It's too easy to go through this season and think, I don't need it. I don't need it. I'm good. I'm living life well, I've got it figured out, and we can miss it. All too often, I find, when I, when I think, when do I need John? Sometimes I need it because, and this is my true confession, maybe you can identify with this, sometimes I live in a self-righteous sort of way. I'm a good guy, heck, I'm your pastor. <laughs> I've got it figured out when I need John to kind of break open my heart and get some soil in a better place. Or maybe it's the opposite, and I've been here too, where, where you listen to the outside voices that our culture so easily creates, voices that say, you're not good enough. You need to do more of this, less of that, lose this, quit that. You're not good enough. Just spend five minutes on Facebook, you'll figure that one out. You're not. Good, and I'm listening to those voices try to tempt me into thinking I'm not what God created me to be, and that's when I need John the Baptist to get some soil moved around and open up my heart. Or, or sometimes, maybe some of you can identify with this, and don't, don't look at people right now, just keep looking forward. You have your political convictions down to a T, and everyone else is wrong. God, I need John the Baptist. Create some movement in my heart to open it up. You see, I think what John does is John reminds us when we're open, that's when we encounter the good news of God's tender mercies in spite of all of our faults. And John points to the one who is to come, the one that shows us what the kingdom of God looks like and tells us stories like of a father that sees his long lost son returning home and is so filled with love that he lifts up his skirts and runs towards him and kills the fatted calf. Or stories of the kingdom of God, it looks like a wealthy factory owner who hires different people throughout the day, and some of those people take longer smoke breaks than others, but at the end of the day, this wealthy factory owner pays them all the same in spite of taking criticism 
And he does that because he's announcing that the kingdom of God is filled with generosity. John says, prepare for the one who says, blessed are you when you're weak and you need help. I, I need John the Baptist to remind me of God's good news of tender mercy. I'm guessing you do too.